await no longer greatness has arrived welcome to the trophy room a playstation podcast made by the players for the players i'm your host joseph aka mr Badbit, and it is here where me and my best friend kyle talk about the latest the greatest in all things playstation of course you can listen to this show wherever you find your podcasts and on the video version on youtube at the trophy room show if you like what you hear please consider dropping us a five-star review on apple podcasts plop us a follow on spotify or toss us a buck our way over at patreon.com slash ps trophy room with all that said with all that out of the way the greatest co-host whoever is whoever will be mr kyle stevenson how are you sir doing well I have to get used to having my mic on this uh, mic arm. Yeah. Uh, I I thought I was going to knock into it doing my usual shenanigans <laughs> in the intro. So I had to be fully aware of what my arms do. Yeah. Not used to it. But, you know, we're, getting, well, we're having a good time over here. Yeah, but it's enough. so weird because, like, you know, we had the stand for the longest time. Uh-huh. But now with the mic arm. You have so much more room for activities. Exactly. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Yep. <laughs> I mean, we've been for like two years now, but yeah. I know. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, something huge happened over the this weekend. Could you think of it? Uh, you bought a Swoled for no reason? <laughs> well, listen, we'll get into the Nintendo Nook in just a second. No, nay. Sure. Uh-huh. We have surpassed over 200 reviews on Apple podcast man wild absolutely wild right now one uh, we're at 201 five star reviews over on apple podcast incredible over incredible. i think mm-hmm. 270 worldwide whoa how does that make you feel kyle oh man it, it get all warm and fuzzy inside uh <laughs> let like it, no joke if only 200 people listen to us total i'd be floored just Mm -hmm. because there's there's just so many things for people to either listen to or play or watch or whatever and to have people not only listen to us but then take time out of their day to write a review uh, right it just it means the world to me i'm it's very humbling it's absolutely and just like it's something where it's always like a goal of yours to hit right it's always a goal like we always would love a review every week that'd be great but Mm -hmm. You never think you're going to hit that number. It's it's crazy. It's yep. it's truly insane. So I want to thank everybody who's taken their time. I've I've even known some people who are writing reviews going like, I like this show so much, I made an Apple account oh, to man. write a review. That's <laughs> so, awesome. Thank you. And, and we'll read some towards the end of the show, but I just wanted to just throw a quick shout out. Thank you. Just thank you for being fantastic. Seriously. Yeah. Now, Kyle... We do have a lot to talk about and a mm-hmm. lot of great questions this week. I try to get as many in as I can. But this week we're talking about how Jim Ryan wants PlayStation to expand to hundreds of millions of gamers. We're going to talk about the Metal Gear remake possibly being shown at the Game Awards, the five-year celebration anniversary of the PlayStation VR, back for blood review talk, and so much more. But before we get into it, I do want to start the show with a viewer question. Usually we don't do it, but Toxic writes in. He says, now that we're in the fall season and the new year is right around the corner, what are your game of the year picks right now? And do you think there are any up and coming games in the next couple of months of the year that could contend for game of the year? Interesting question there, Toxic. 
Um, I have an internal struggle going between Returnal and Ratchet right now. Oh, really? Um, that that is the internal struggle, and the only reason why I haven't said Deathloop yet is I have not finished Deathloop. Mm. I still need to dive more into it. Um, and, and Kana is also up there as well. Damn it! So many. I, games. It just there's just so many, so many games, and as far as like anything for the rest of the year personally i'm super excited for guardians of the galaxy i know that's Mm. not everyone's cup of a cup of tea i'm not expecting it to be the greatest thing on planet earth as far as video games go but if it can nail a guardian story it's going to rank pretty high for me yeah right now i think we're in a bare knuckle brawl between returnal hitman and death loop yeah yeah, it took it took some thought. <laughs> it took yeah. some thought, but it's it's currently those three that are in the contention right now for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know which are going to be like I could totally ch- you know me. I could totally yeah. change my mind in December and Absolutely. go it's ratchet <laughs> or Kino, During but... our game of the year discussion, you will probably change it two or three times. <laughs> and six months afterwards, I will probably <laughs> change it again. Yeah. Yeah, as happens. history of the show dictates, <laughs> that'll be the case. But it just really goes to show how many amazing games there are right now. Like, yeah, you know, there's a question, so I'll save it. But like, there have been some surprises that I did not think would hit as high as they have, and are completely doing it for me right now. So, yeah, it's going to be a really, a really good one. I think the only game that could come out and just defeat all of them is Life is Strange. Because I'm hearing nothing but really amazing things uh, about that. Yeah, I mean that that is that was on my list, but as somebody who has not played the original games and was waiting for that remastered bundle mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. that's what I was going to dive into. The fact that that is delayed, I think, till early next year. Early next year, yes. Um, so that's just gonna have to wait for me. But yeah, everyone that's played True Colors, I know, absolutely loves it. Yeah. And really, really digs it. So, whoever said that this year is ba- is a bad year for video games or, or, or a slow year, you're out of your damn mind. <laughs> what I don't have you understand. not been playing? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's been so many. Not just... to mention all the indies that get overlooked. There's yeah. a ton of really great indies out there as well, too. So, like, wow, a lot to play, and a lot we have played again. Yeah, 2021 has been nuts. All right. Before we get into it, it's time for our Patreon pitch. Of course, if we ever got you through a commute, a car ride home, you just work in general. It really does help us out if you toss us a buck our way over at patreon.com slash PS Trophy Room. It's the reason why we look so great. We sound so good is because of your generosity over at patreon.com slash PS Trophy Room. And honest to goodness, we are completely fan funded as of right now. It keeps me away from selling you a Manscaped ad. So it really does help us out a buck our way. It really does just really make this show better. That said, Kyle, I want to thank our newest member, Katie Stubbs. Thank you so much for becoming a silver member. I want to thank our platinum producers, Todd Burowitz, Too Soon, and Toxic. I want to thank our gold members, Brad Presnell, Gavin Gottfried, Jose Jimenez, Jedi Master Ren, Metal Kirby, and Robbie Bobby Miller himself. I want to thank our silver plus members, Hyden Doors, Nakachaka. Marcus O'Neill has the cutest kid in the world. Oh, 
It's just right. JB, the Purple Monkey, Jados Von Metal, Tim Ulf, Justin Rodriguez, Awesome Dave, Cypher, Primus, Captain Logan, Todd Roper, Brenton, Zachary, Eric, sorry, Rick Arrington, Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots, Dewani, Raksha, and Mannix. Thank you all so much. The list keeps getting longer and longer, and we keep appreciating you each and every week more and more. Feels so. good. Feels good. Thank you Thank all you. so much. Yeah. <sighs> but seriously, did you see Marcus O'Neill's kid with, with his mom? Yeah. On yeah. It's absolutely adorable. He's, like, he's just giggling and laughing. Uh, yeah. It's like, ah, I'm a cute little kid. L- little one's laughs are by far the best things to hear and yeah. can see. They're amazing. Yeah. But they cry way too much, and that's maybe why we like them. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing that they'll get over. <laughs> oh, God, I hope. Listen, Kyle, it's time to finally square up the news. Let's square it up from Grist, uh, Christopher Drink over at GI Biz. Jim Ryan, quote, I would love a world where hundreds of millions enjoy our games. In a keynote fireside chat during GI Live London, the PlayStation boss says that a hit game on PS4 or PS5 is around 10 to 20 million sales, but hopes that will change as game, gaming becomes as ubiquitous as movies and music quote i hope that playstation 5 and i really believe the playstation 5 will be sony's biggest and best and most loved playstation yet i hope that will happen end quote ryan said when asked about his hopes for the future quote i would also like to see a world where the games that we make at playstation can be enjoyed by many tens of millions of people perhaps hundreds of millions of people Right now, success with the current console model, a really great PlayStation hit. You're talking 10 or 20 million people being able to play that game. We're talking about games stacking up against music. We're talking about games stacking up against movies. Music and movies, they can be enjoyed by almost limitless audiences. And I think some of the art that our studios are making is some of the finest entertainment that has been made anywhere in the world. And to kind of gate the audience for the wonderful art, wonderful entertainment that our studios are making, to gate the audience for that at 20 or 30 million frustrates me. I would love to see a world where hundreds of millions of people can enjoy those games, end quote. During the fireside chat, Ryan revealed that the firm's play-at-home initiative has seen 60 million games redeemed by players. Cloudside writes in with a really interesting comment. They say... Regarding the question, can Jim Ryan get hundreds of millions of new players onto PlayStation, there were 50 million active PSN users in March of 2014, compared to an increase of 104 million in June of 2021. I think to get hundreds of million more would be a tall order. However, revamping PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now would be the best bet. Adding new indie and third-party games to PS Now faster or day and date as Game Pass Lite type service, and then adding a big first-party, don't say it, anger to boot (laughs) after six months to a year would probably get millions more to join. Okay, so the B-word aside, Kyle... This is a really interesting quote because we've been talking about, you know, services, whether it is like a Game Pass, whether it is like a Netflix. Yeah. What do you feel like Jim Ryan's saying here? Because some people are like, does that mean PC is going to be day and date with PlayStation? Like, how do we expand to Jim Ryan's hundreds of millions quote here? 
It's it's odd to me. Um, I don't know what to make of it. Obviously, I think he's speaking of PC. Mm. Um, but when he says to gating the audience at like 20 or 30 million, when as Cloudside puts in his 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 uh, question and his, his his statement that there are there are 50 million active users in 2014. Yeah. So that is bigger than the 20 or 30 million that these games sell. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's got to be a better way to get those titles in those other millions of hands, right? Right. There's a hundred active users in June of 2021 on PSN. And if we're still, if they're still hitting at the 20 or 30 million copies sold, that's a big chunk of PlayStation gamers who own a PlayStation five or PlayStation four. They're just not buying new things. Yeah. Whether and I think a lot of that is still the global condition that we're in, and mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people are struggling financially, um, and so they they can't afford a sixty seventy dollar game uh, yeah. just to just to play, which is uh, an an unfortunate reality that I think gaming has to really uh, grasp and mm. understand, and like when he he compares it to music and movies a, a new album is what 20 bucks and even then people are using spotify for ten dollars right. a month you have movies you go to the movies it's for me on the island it's like 15 dollars if you want to go see a movie um if you want to wait for blu-ray or 4k that's 20 30 bucks they're already cheaper than AAA games so of course it's going to reach a, a broader audience i feel yeah. like so i think price and the condition that we're in has to deal with it. But eventually, I do think more of them will come to PC at the end of the day. Yeah, I think so. Hearing you read this quote, it is very ambigu- uh, ambiguous because you could take, okay, yeah, they're definitely going streaming out of there. Coupled with the fact that they mentioned the Play at Home initiative has reached 60 million games redeemed by players is really interesting to 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 note because hey look when the games are available and they don't have that price tag gating them a lot of people are, are down to to download it so maybe this yeah. was uh you know a test an incubated test to see maybe does a game pass ask model work and you know for me yeah i can also take it as they're expanding into phones they're expanding to pc they're also expanding to TVs and film, which, oh my God, did you see Joel? Did you see Pedro Pascal's Joel, Kyle? I'm, I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying not to. <laughs> I'm trying not to. I felt something in my chest. It was the, like the my behind ancestors the back, got happy. The behind the back shot is all I need, okay. honestly. That's Fair. all I need. But like, that's what I also think that he's kind of talking about as well. It's like expanding the brand to TV, expanding the brand to movies. You know, I think we're seeing PlayStation being the most synergic, if, if that's a word I'll make up, um, you know, out there where mm-hmm. we're seeing them really try to go into this kind of like transmedia, I think is the word I'll use, where it's like, yeah, we're going to TVs, we'll go into movies, and hopefully that'll bring new people to our ecosystem. But I can't help but take a look at when he says, you know, music and movies can be enjoyed by almost limitless audiences. What does that really mean? Because that's the key there. Because you said it. Yeah, an album's 20 bucks, 
but everybody's listening to the what's her name olivia rodrigo lady like (laughs) they're checking out all her singles right they're not buying her album and i think playstation may be looking at a game pass-esque route somewhere in the future and i think cloud you're definitely right where yeah i can see them dropping you know dropping playstation plus or playstation now not dropping them but adding to them um in terms of like yeah let's make an indie service like i've been championing for you know a year plus now let's let's throw a couple of the multiplayer games into playstation now for people to enjoy as well like give people that choice that phil spencer's always talking about i know that's a crazy thing to ask for some playstation gamers out there but there is something about that quote that music and movies can be enjoyed by almost limitless audiences. And when he says hundreds of millions, that's also a very key thing he notes there as well. We're not living in a vacuum. PlayStation sees what Xbox is doing. Xbox sees what PlayStation's doing. Everybody sees their strengths, their weakness. And I like what Jeff Grubb said a few weeks ago. It was just like, if you don't think a company is trying to make a, a streaming service or just a service in games right now, you are kidding yourself. It's happening. So I do think they're going to have a Game Pass alternative. I don't think it's going to be that amazing because their games sell so well on their own that they don't need this service. So like, yeah, I could see in like, oh, a year has passed. The Last of Us Part Two, as we've seen, is now on PS Now. I could see that for Ragnarok. I could see that for Gran, Gran Turismo. A year after release, you drop them in that service. Cool. Kind of like what movies do. You know, movies have their theatrical run. After their theatrical run, they're in the theater. And I think that makes I think that makes a lot of sense here, man. I don't know. What say you? Because you're a big movie guy. Yeah. What what gave it away? The the <laughs> giant cabinet of Blu-rays behind yeah, me? Yeah, the wall of Blu-ray. The one books. of two that I have in this room yes. that are completely filled. Uh yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um if you want if you want to have a more or a more readily available thing uh program available for people to check out games i think that makes total sense yeah um i think it's smart to do so if 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 people if jim wants playstation to be this even bigger global presence yeah you gotta have it all over the place and and have it easier to be accessed by everyone so Yeah. yeah yeah And when I, I like the quote of hundreds of millions, because I think that is what they want. Like, I think that's what PlayStation wants. I think that's what when we heard like Microsoft go, we're going for the two billion gamers out there. I'm like, that is a marketing. <laughs> that is a marketing pitch. I don't think any of these companies are hitting two billion. You know what I mean? I think the hundreds of millions does does get me going. OK, so what is your plan here? Because that that is. That is something that does go beyond consoles because consoles generally we even see with the most successful uh, what is PS2 or the Wii or not. Sorry, not the Wii, like the Game Boy. Technically, it's like at 150 million units. So like, yeah, we cap out uh, again, large number, but we cap out at the hundred a million, not hundreds of millions. So it's a very interesting quote, and I'd like to see how this evolves over time if this is a wink and a nod to something that's going to get announced next year but for the love of god all i really want is give me an indie streaming service coupled with throw in the backlog and celebrate the history of playstation give me your ps1 games give me your ps2 games i've missed so many of them 
give me the opportunity to play them. You know? Agreed. Uh, Kyle, with that yes. said, anything you'd like to add before we get on to the next topic at hand? Uh, not really. I just don't want, I, I, I don't want to see that horizon kid again. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't, I, yes. I don't want to see that kid, uh, or, or, or did you, did you see the Metroid, people? the Metroid dread one where it's like Nintendo's $60 versus a oh, PlayStation $70 oh game my God. and he gets ratioed by Corey Barlog himself <sighs> so bad. He has to delete the tweet. Yeah. I, I hate it. I hate I, it. You know, you know what all those these people sound like to me when, when they're talking. Let's hope this works. Hi. Yeah, they sound like little <laughs> tiny babies. That's what they sound like. You sound like a baby. Okay? Gaming is for everybody. Stop gatekeeping it, you little prick. Get out of here. That's what they sound like, Joe. <laughs> that was amazing. That was amazing. And that is a weapon you need to use at those specific I moments. Yes. May have found a full voice uh, box with the multiple different sounds. God, I really hope that worked. It worked on I my end. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, no, I, that's what I hate too. Because every time we get to this conversation, you get those Twitter spaces of like, so, um, you know, the $60 blockbuster, you know, like yeah. <laughs> exclamation point. It's like, guys. We need to preface this. We're not in the console war business. We no. like Xbox. We love PlayStation. We appreciate we like Nintendo. Games, first we like and games. foremost. Celebrate yeah. the developers. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Listen, whatever way I get to play a PlayStation game, I will play a PlayStation game. I don't care. Like, don't don't get me wrong. I'm not buying a $200 game. But, like, I don't care if I'm buying a game for 70 bucks or I'm, I'm using a service. I don't care. That's not what conversations we have here. Every, yeah. Everything's fine. Everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. That said, you know what I'm really hyped for, Kyle? What are you hyped for? I'm hyped for an unannounced remake with an Irish soundtrack. Ooh. It's very specific, but I'm excited for it. Why are you doing karate moves? You're like... You know, Ireland. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's what they're known for, the karate famine. Uh, mm -hmm. Andrew Kia over at PS Lifestyle writes, Sony working on a massive unannounced remake with Irish soundtrack. Folks at PlayStation are rumored to be working on a massive remake featuring an Irish lyric soundtrack. According to the source who spoke with Irish radio station WLR-FM, Sony will reportedly reveal the PS title sometime during the Christmas season. This may indicate that the title will appear during this year's Game Awards on December 9th, 2021, or possibly during a new Sony-hosted event. The source in question is Irish singer. I'm I'm going to butcher your name, Irish singer. I'm so sorry. A Aba McMahon, who appeared on WLR FM on October 7th, 2021. Unfortunately, McMahon was unable to provide a name for the game due to contractual reasons. However, she did specify that the game will be a massive remake of an existing PlayStation game. From here on out, we're going to get into some speculative territory. As pointed out by Reddit user Yuko Chan, the ending theme of Metal Gear Solid, quote, the best is yet to come, end quote, is fa in fact features Irish lyrics written by Silent Hill's Rika Muranaka and performed by Irish traditional singer, oh boy, uh, Ifi Ni Ferai. 
man, I'm so sorry, Ireland. Uh, <laughs> furthermore, the entire country, I'm so sorry. Furthermore, the rumored title being a Metal Gear Solid remake would fit with recent reports of Konami pre- preparing for Metal Gear Solid revival. <laughs> the whole country of Ireland. The whole country. Pop. I'm just sorry. North as well. You're in it. <laughs> sorry yep. about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Kyle, how yes. are you, buddy? Doing good? Uh, yeah, I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> how does this news treat you? Uh, it, it treats me fine. Oh, really? You're not yeah, excited? Yeah, I mean, I we both share the same thing where Death Stranding was our first Kojima game. Mm-hmm. Metal Gear Solid is not something that holds a special place in my heart because I didn't play them back in the day. I did play two for a little bit and mm. uh, did not enjoy three. Uh, I know a lot of people are yelling at me right now. <laughs> uh, only got maybe an hour in and just did not dig it. Um, yeah. but the the remake, if it is in fact Metal Gear Solid, that does excite me just to have to see why so many people love it and yeah. to have it look like games are now. I think that would be fantastic. Um, it's interesting that yeah. it's they 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 specify the folks at PlayStation and not the folks at Konami, yeah, which makes me. Which makes me think, because we were talking about about it last week, that you know when it comes to Konami developed things, we don't have much faith because their track record is just all over the place, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so to see it's the folks at PlayStation really kind of does maybe lend to the rumors of like PlayStation kind of renting out the Konami IP and saying, hey, listen, we'll do the production side. You guys are in pachinko machines and landscaping or whatever. We'll yeah. we'll stick to the gaming stuff for you guys. You get to license it, make money, we get to, you know, get our get our hands dirty here. And that that's the the part that excites me. If this is a PlayStation backed thing, they then really want this to to be a huge success critically and commercially. Where Konami, I don't know where they'd fall. Yeah. Also, to think it's PlayStation, I don't know if this means it's Metal Gear, you know? Yeah, and it's, I don't know either, because if Konami is planning remasters of the Metal Gear Solid games, yeah, would we also get that and a remake of it fairly close to each other? I mean, that's another thing. It's like, and also, why are we starting at three? Yeah. Like, we got some PlayStation 1 games that need some love yeah. there. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't know. Very strange. What I was alluding to is, you know, possibly they give me some Bloodborne stuff. I don't know. Oh, my God. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. Listen. Go away with this. I do do, do want to say for the last episode, I did contradict myself, and I need to fix that. Mm-hmm. Because I was very, um, I sounded very apprehensive of Blue Point taking over the Bloodborne reigns, and like five minutes later, when we we're talking about Sly, I'm like, yeah, you know what? Anybody can really do it. And after playing Metroid Dread, um, I've come to the conclusion that as long as the developer understands the assignment, they're gonna be fine. And, I, you know, Captain Logan, friend of the show, which congratulations on over 200,000 downloads over the Keyhole hey. podcast. Um, he said something like, hey, man, it's not like Miyamoto is making Mario games and they're still hitting. And that really that point really hit home as well. So to me, when it comes to, again, developers taking the reins of other games created by other studios 
as long as they understand the assignment, I'm going to be excited for it. If this just seems like a cash grab, which we could genuinely look and see, okay, this doesn't look right, or this kind of looks lazy, you know, whatever, then yeah, we we have the right to be skeptical. But I would say, you know what, let's give, let's give these folks, whatever they're working on, whatever this Irish singer singing, let's give them a chance, you know? Yeah, and I'm I'm also trying to figure out what other massive games that gets a remake has an Irish feel to it other than Metal Gear Solid, and mm. I, I have not come up with many. Yeah, if at all, really, like nothing. I, I've I've been champion for a while now. I would love Legend of Dragoon to get a remake. I don't think that's going to have any Irish songs in it. <laughs> I definitely don't think it's infamous. Right. I, I, I don't think it's resistance. What if it's U2? You know, U2, they're like, hey, remember the iPod commercials? We're making the Vita again. <laughs> We're going to dance and sing about it. Never bring up U2's name again. Oh, my God. <laughs> too much power. <laughs> that Way too much power. Yeah, that was the evil, that was the evil voice mod. You're welcome, everybody. Where's the cross in my room? This is a Hispanic home. It's meant to ward out evil spirits. Oh, oh boy. Oh, my God. All right. Well, listen, Dark you Lord. You to the game, man. What a... You got me through vertigo on that one, Kyle. All right, Dark Lord, what's the next topic at hand, sir? Tom Vod over at VGC writes... PlayStation has seemingly appointed Apple Arcade's former content boss to lead its mobile push. S- uh, Sebes, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Sebastianani. Sebastianani, thank you. Sebastianani joined PlayStation in July, following almost eight years at the iPhone maker, according to his LinkedIn profile. VGC has contacted Sony for confirmation of his appointment. During his time at Apple, Sebastian. Sebastiani served as head of games business management for the App Store before. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? I please, whatever I say his name, don't do the Italian hands. <laughs> I saw that in my corner of my eye. That's what broke me. It helps me. But you know what? It does help me. Sebastiani served as head of games business management for the App Store before being appointed head of content for the company's game subscription service, Apple Arcade. A job advert spotted in April revealed that PlayStation was opening a new business unit to adapt its most popular franchises for mobile. It said the company's head of mobile would work at its San Mateo or Los Angeles offices in California and be responsible for developing a product roadmap for a three to five year time frame. The following month, PlayStation boss Jim Ryan said the platform holder was planning to bring some of it some of its iconic IP to mobile during its current business year ending in March 2022. Quote, we have been thinking about how players enjoy our content and have had some early success with experimenting with mobile games and apps to provide more choice to gamers, he said. Mobile is just one of the areas we are exploring to reach millions of gamers beyond our platforms. Last month, it was confirmed that classic PlayStation racing franchise Wipeout is returning in the form of a new mobile game. So right here, Joe, Jim's answering our story from earlier. Mm. Mobile is exploring to reach millions of play gamers beyond our platforms. So is you, this is this the answer to the thing before? Just really heavy into mobile? 
Do you think that it's just like, hey, let's just take the IP and throw them to mobile? Because the way Jim Ryan was saying it prior was like, oh, we want to reach millions of 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 users with these games. And I kind of I you I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't That's fault fair. anybody for saying, you know, or picturing a world with Last of Us Part Two on an iPhone, you know, mm-hmm. but at the same exact time, you're right. Like this is reaching hundreds of millions of users. Yeah, everyone has a smartphone. A smartphone. You guys don't have phones. Yeah, you don't Shout have phones. Shut up, Blizzard! You tone deaf company. You. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, listen, it's not like the the sexiest way of making money. You know no. what I mean? It's not the Absolutely best. Absolutely not. It's not something I'm going to partake in. Like that wipeout mobile game is not even a wipeout racer. It's a management sim, mm, which no is. Thank you. Exactly. It's no thanks. And so, like, what are we going to do? Have that Uncharted card game? Sure, it was fun, but it was it did catch on. You can, know? I, can I tell you the first thing that popped into my mind? Go for it. Um, a ratchet or a rivet uh, endless runner with, like, the, the, the wall running, the slingshot for traversal. Hmm. Uh, that's the first thing that popped in my head. And, and you're collecting bolts and stuff on as you're running. Like, they just... It just makes sense. Not that yeah. I would want it, but I think that would be one step towards a mobile IP version of Ratchet. I just hope that they are smarter enough and not because I'll be honest, that's a little lazy. Yeah. If they just do an endless runner, because everyone does an endless runner kind of thing. I mean, again, you know, God of War Bejeweled still out there. You can go for oh, like, oh boy, connect four in a row, boy. You know, that's oh, awesome. Oh, no. Combo breaker. <sighs> I'm less disappointed in you, boy. Now I can see it. instead of two, ju- instead of jewels, you are connecting runes. Yes. Yes. How dare you put that in my brain? <laughs> <laughs> see, look at us. Sebastiani. Hey, oh, hey. we got some ideas. Let's see. Is there an Italian voice mod here? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> That said, though, like, yeah, I, I I definitely see where you're coming from here. I'm not excited about this, but knowing that Sebastian Ani's from, you know, Apple for and, and more so towards the Apple Arcade side, which has some really good games in there, yeah. um, does make me feel like it's not going to be just lazy bejeweled clones. I mean, we'll undoubtedly get some there. But, you know, it's kind of like we were talking about months ago. of just like we could see a PlayStation All-Stars game. But being that, you know, Marvel's Task Force or Star Wars Legends mobile games where you got your Kratos that's level five, your Nathan Drake that's level two, and you're going up against robot hordes of something stupid like an event. Yeah. You know, that's what I think the cold reality is. But hey, you know what? We'll we'll get we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. You know what we could look back on while we're across that bridge, Kyle? What? PlayStation VR. Ooh, virtual reality. Celebrating five years of PlayStation VR. This comes from Isabel Tomatis, Senior Director, PSVR, Esports, Peripherals, Marketing, and Licensing from Sony Interactive Entertainment. And this is, of course, over on the PS blog. Isabel, you do a lot of things. So shout out to you, Isabel. That's that's a lot to take care of. Uh, That's the longest name tag I've ever seen. Yeah. It's like she's like a colonel, you know? (laughs) She's got many stripes and awards that she's going to show off. 
today marks the fifth anniversary of the day PlayStation VR was introduced to the world. And we want to take this moment to thank all of our fans and our talented development community for embracing this platform and supporting PSVR through the years. It's amazing to see how virtual reality has really established itself in these past five years as a platform for gaming. And we're pleased to have PSVR play a big role in VR's growth. And to celebrate this PSVR milestone, we wanted to give a special thank you to PlayStation fans. Starting in November, PlayStation Plus members will get three PSVR bonus games at no extra charge. Stay tuned for more details in the PlayStation Plus update in the next few weeks. Since the PSVR launch, we have seen a diverse range of unique experiences that showcase a sense of presence we set out to achieve with this platform, including critically acclaimed games such as the thrilling sights and sounds action shooter Res Infinite, the epic rescue mission platformer Astrobot Rescue Mission, and the stealth action of Hitman 3. With more than 500 games and experiences available on PSVR, let's take a look back at the top the top five most played games on PSVR worldwide since launching five years ago. Most played PlayStation VR games globally are Rec Room, Beat Saber, PlayStation VR Worlds, The Elder Scrolls V, Skyrim VR, and Resident Evil 7 Biohazard. I am surprised that Rec Room was named first. I don't know if this is like, you know, uh, like numbered order, but like I would think Beat Saber is the number one most played game in PlayStation VR, because that is undoubtedly the game that I sunk the most hours into uh, on PlayStation VR. Well, I think, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken, I'm just double checking here. Mm -hmm. um, I'm scared. The reason why it's the most downloaded thing and most played thing is because it's free. Oh, okay. Yeah. So maybe I'll give it a go. Maybe if it's free, I'll, I'll try it. I'll try anything for free. Uh, yeah. So, okay, talking about PlayStation VR, it's been five years, which is nuts. Crazy I, to think, yeah. Real talk, I remember walking into a GameStop in, like, I don't know, Rochelle Park, and they're like, hey, can we throw this on your eyeballs? And I'm like, uh-huh, sure. And I was in the cage with the shark, you know, during oh, the yeah. PlayStation Worlds uh -huh. thing, and being just mesmerized. Uh, it is crazy to see where VR has gone in just a short five years, yet somehow feels longer. Kyle, I want to know what has been some of your favorite experiences on PlayStation VR? Um, well, PSVR will always hold a special place in my heart because mm -hmm. that is the year where I lost my ability to teach mm. and I had to cancel my PSVR pre-order. Um, and my family who does not they think playing games is for kids uh they surprised me at christmas time with the psvr headset so that oh, that, dude, that, that really will always sweet. be a memory that that will stay with me uh but when it comes to like the thing that blew me away was the the playroom vr demo that just happens it's my first thing ever in vr i, I never tried a headset before that moment Mm. And I just remember putting it on and crying because of how amazing this is. Mm. Like, I did not expect it to be so freaking cool. And to, like, kind of turn my head and see the entire world. And that was Astrobot uh, 
rescue mission before rescue mission. It, yeah. You were just a little astrobot hopping around on platforms and collecting these coins and whatnot. And I was just blown away. I had to take the headset off and just like breathe because it was <laughs> something brand new that I can't believe was happening. Yeah. Um, so that 100% is up there. Moss also holds a very special place in my heart. One of my favorites. Yeah. And like, of course, Beat Saber. I mean, come on. Beat Saber is the reason to get a VR headset still, I still. believe. Um, it, it's just amazing. What I, Especially if you grew up playing Guitar Hero and Rock Band and you love rhythm music games, Beat Saber is just the next level of that. And it's, yeah. it's really, really, really good. And then shout out to the times that I, I strapped the headset on to my nieces and my my parents and put them in that shark cage uh, and the moment the shark comes around they go ah no and then they just rip it off shout out to me putting my mother in the resident evil kitchen demo oh yeah no <laughs> screw that demo <laughs> she didn't know how to take the heads off it was great um <laughs> that, i know i'm a real good son thank you for reminding me no uh talk about crying in a vr headset that was a new experience when i got to play ghost giant like th- that game is about panic attacks. It's about like, you know, yeah, it's, 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 it's about, man, it's just, a, you know what? I'm not even gonna tell you. It's, it's just a really good experience. It t- talks about overcoming, you know, adversity and how change might be a scary thing, but a needed thing. And that game came at a really good place in my life where I needed it. And yeah, that ending is just beautiful. So like, Chef's kiss, y'all killed it. Yeah. Um, Blood and Truth is my favorite action uh, shooter on PSVR, and I have not played Alex yet, but I I, I need to because that as well looks amazing. But Blood and Truth was fantastic and really really pushed the hardware to its limits. Uh, I feel, and yeah, shout out to Beat Saber, um, and shout out to PSVR Worlds as well. Yeah. I am so curious. Super hot too. I want to throw out a, a, Ooh, a, a shout one. out to Super Hot, a game hot. that you can play without VR. Yeah, but in VR is insane. Yep, because <laughs> there there's no like. Oh, hey, there's a guy right behind you that's about to, (laughs) like, shoot you in the back of the head. And you won't know they're there unless you turn and move. But by turning and moving, time starts going. So, like, what what an experience Superhot is. It's fantastic. PSVR is a fantastic piece of hardware. Uh And I'm just surprised of how well PlayStation has supported it up until late because it seems like there there ain't nothing coming out of that thing but yeah, i really want to see they're ramping up I yeah i really I, I really want to see what they do with psvr too and and how crazy they do get with it but yeah that said kyle before we get into some flash news i apologize in advance that we are going to bring on our good friend luke lore from the xbox expansion pass please hold your booze please hold that booze until he's here um to talk about his time with back for blood so with that let's get right into it and like i said earlier everybody please hold your booze please do not put out your torches or your pick forks or whatever uh it's our good friend of the show yeah luke lord the incident <laughs> what's up man it's been a minute 
It's been a minute since we've done content together. We've both been working a lot, so we've not gotten to see each other for a bit. Um, but you've been crushing it Thanks, lately, man. my friend. Thanks, man. You've been crushing it. IGN. I know. Uh, popping up all over the place. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't be more proud of you, brother. I know. Cool. And look at you. You're dealing with kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Carving out my my little niche, very small niche corner of the Xbox community with XEP mm-hmm. and and stewarding the youth by day. What do you think? There do? you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, listen, man, we're here to talk about zombies and how to get mm-hmm. rid of them. Apparently, yep. we're a bunch of cleaners and we're here to take mm-hmm. out the trash that is the right. undead horde in Back for Blood uh, right. by Turtle Rock Studios, the original creators mm-hmm. of the Left 4 Dead franchise, code provided by WB Games. Uh, so, Luke, I want to know before we talk about your thoughts in the whole back for blood situation or game. Um, what is your relationship with the franchise and with turtle rock studios? Oh man. I loved left for deads one and two. Yeah. I, I absolutely loved them. I actually enjoyed one more in its time because it was like a better horror game. And that's how I, I first kind of came to know it was a horror game, mm-hmm. but left for dead two was just better in every way. And once they got the, the crews in there from Left 4 Dead 1, they essentially got Left 4 Dead 1 into 2 by the end of that game's life cycle. Um, I I loved that game, and we've seen a lot of games chase that trend. Yeah. Uh, some to, to middling effect. I'm thinking of Earthfall Invasion, where like they, they really made an honest-to-God effort. Yeah. And then others where it was like World War Z, which really took third off. person Left 4 Dead. Yeah. You know, I mean, that game was good. Yeah. Um, I, I love the, the genre that Left 4 Dead created. I love Left 4 Dead. Uh, proper in its own right and that leads us to black for blood which is a spiritual successor and a sequel and everything but name at this point and so let's get right into it turtle rock they tried evolved and they're like "Eh, no dice here let's try if it ain't broke don't fix it let's go Mm -hmm. for this back for blood game since valve won't let us do a sequel let's let's make it our own which i really love and with that immediate impressions luke uh, I liked it a lot. Immediately available. Well, we had the beta, so it's hard to give immediate impressions because the beta was very lukewarm for a lot of people, yeah. including myself. I was very mm, on the beta, but in booting up Back for Blood for the first time, uh, I was overwhelmed immediately yeah. by the card system. It's very complex in its presentation, very simple in its implementation, but there's a lot thrown at you very quickly and very poorly explained. Mm. And if you can middle your way through the first kind of like opening five minutes of just menus, man, they got a great game there. Yeah. They got a real great game there. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. If you like left for dead, you're going to have a blast with this one. Just like left for dead. It's great with your friends. Uh, game looks great. It feels great. Whatever they did in the tuning, uh, from the beta to now, it just feels good. And you know, after that halo infinite beta that we enjoyed so much, uh, and then they call the battlefield beta. We know how a beta can <laughs> really feel good or bad. Yeah. Yeah. And they really seem to have taken the lessons of the back for blood beta to heart. Nice. So it's a positive impression for me with some severe asterisks in certain places. All right. So let's first talk about the gameplay. Is it just okay. more of the same here? How's the card system play into the game? So the card system is fantastic in that it is modifiers that get thrown onto you. The system has its own director, if you remember that from Left 4 Blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on the back end AI, they're going to be messing with different things to make sure enemies spawn in different places, different types of enemies in different quantities at various points. Uh, but the card system adds another layer to that in that they have mutator cards and uh, essentially 
it changes the perks that the zombies get as they go. Mm. Maybe they will spawn more, more with more strength in certain cases. Maybe they'll be faster. There's a card that will drop fog over the entire level, and that is terrifying. Oh, that's if, awesome! If you're, yeah, if you're playing in a, against a zombie horde and it's foggy everywhere, that's pure horror. Uh, in its own right and that's a blast mm. there are other cards that are just s- simple stat boosts and stat drops here and there um but the the game throws that card to the to the zombies mm-hmm. to the ridden we should say because we're cleaners and we're not fighting zombies we're fighting ridden uh, <laughs> but then the card system also lets the players choose from a deck that they create themselves mm-hmm. uh, and you get a starter deck of course and each checkpoint you get to add a, uh, a card from your deck to your to your run. Your okay. run is how they they quantify what you're doing, and the cards stack and have different effects therein. And so, higher level players, what they're going to be doing is picking up harder difficulties with certain modifiers against them, and they'll create decks to give different builds to their different characters. Maybe one of the decks skews your character to be a healer, mm-hmm. while another one skews to be a tank, and some of the more role, uh, unique roles there. But building out your deck allows you to have a, an immense level of customization that even left for dead wouldn't have allowed. That's really awesome. Like having, mm-hmm. having like cards, like even just mess with the map a bit. And I'm right. guessing it doesn't, you know, this is at the end of the day, a turtle rock game. So it's getting from point a to point checkpoint B to checkpoint C to checkpoint D all the way to the end. Right. Mm-hmm. With little, yes. you know, scenarios in between to make sure, you know, where you're at and one grandiose finale type of deal um right with the card system is there anything that rewards you more for making the game more challenging like is there the quote-unquote end game that we're we're building towards if there is i don't know it yet i would imagine they're skewing in that direction but in my like 10 ish hours with it i haven't seen that happen but i can see cues and so i think that's where they're going to go that's awesome uh with this. So I think there's the potential to this for this to have a very steady uh, lifespan that, that gradually grows over time. Mm-hmm. I think Game Pass infused that lifespan as well. Um, hey, this is a PlayStation these asterisks. The PlayStation sorry. sorry, that's my bad. That's my bad. <laughs> um, I'm sure PlayStation now will help this game immensely. Um, but it, it is it's likely going to have a good player base for a good while if they can clean up some of the, the, the miss, missing stuff. OK, but yeah, it's checkpoint A to B. One of the interesting things that might be an asterisk is that you are playing as a cleaner. And so your objective is to go out from a hub and you play through a run and then you go back, which means you're revisiting certain areas. Mm. Certain elements might change. You might approach from different angles in some ways, but you are reusing certain areas at various points uh, in your playthrough. Is it randomly generated or is it just like the same level? Mostly the same level, but the modifiers and the director and the cards make the experience very different. So it doesn't feel stagnant, at least not in my time. That's nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's talk about then the characters. Let's talk about the story. Is there a story Mm -hmm. here? Are there characters that we are relating to? There is a story and there are cutscenes, and they are clearly well produced. uh, A lot of time put in. Admittedly, I wasn't interested in this one. Uh, I can't even say I was interested in Left 4 Dead's story. Though I grew to love the characters, it wasn't immediate. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if that will happen with Back 4 Blood because I'm not caught into any of the the characters right away. I will note that uh, they skew away from some of your stereotypical like generic white guy in military garb. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they do have kind of 
your your country dude. They have uh, d- different physiques. The, the old lady, the mom, mm-hmm. is this old white lady who's battle hardened. You look like you, you could feel like you got she's got a cigarette hanging out of her throat. It's like Sarah Connor from nice. Terminator. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of fun. They do fall into a, on the surface level a little bit of stereotypical stuff, but I I like the characters. I think I need to get to know them more before I can say you know, this is my crew. Cause I used to know all the left for dead characters names and right. really be into it right now. I'm not sure I've got that at the moment. There is great dialogue though, between them. There is a story that's playing out the first act. You rescue the second crew oh, wow. and then they become playable. Um, so there's potential for them to do more of that kind of stuff. And I would bet that they do. I would imagine that they do a lot with this game in terms of downloadable content and microtransactions over time. Um, are they, and there is a set are there of, microtransactions in here or are they egregious? I didn't see anything that that was right away that red flagged for me. But in order for the game to live, uh, I have to imagine there's going to be more in there. And you see, like, you can get outfits and cosmetics therein. And I'm fine, by the way, with microtransactions and cosmetics right. if fairly priced and not interrupting pay to win gameplay for sure. Okay, so so far, gameplay seems more left for dead. But at the same exact, mm-hmm. ex- exact time, evolving the gameplay a bit, adding the card system, which seems like a hoot. That's what the kids are it saying is. nowadays. And I, I do want to note before we go to the asterisks, yeah. if you don't mind. Please. The visuals. Beautiful. The game looks great. Yeah? The game looks absolutely great. Yeah, it's you know how Left 4 Dead, it, was, it, was, it wasn't the best looking game. Right. You know what I mean? It wasn't the best looking game. It didn't matter because the idea was a ton of zombies on yeah. screen. Back 4 Blood does a great job of having a lot of zombies on screen. And everything looks fantastic, so much so that the details, gore will get all over your gun Mm. as you play. My gun was drenched in blood and zombie guts at one point. Yeah. It was awesome. And some of my teammates were so covered in red uh, that I thought they were zombies. And I absolutely (laughs) capped Kevin in the head (laughs) accidentally. Right. Totally. Uh, Right. Totally accidentally. Um, How are the, uh, you know, before we get to the asterisks too. The enemies like i know like you have the screamer and like left for dead we still mm-hmm. have that here uh in various forms yes but they did a good job of uh diversifying it a little bit the big guy isn't necessarily the tank guy he's got a good vulnerable spot on him mm-hmm. uh, and he explodes in some ways i was really worried they would just retread the same ones and not for nothing that witch in left for yeah. dead was terrifying yeah um She's not in here, but I really hope she shows up at some point um, because these are oh, you made really that sound cool weird, infected. Lee. You made that sound oh, weird. Oh, she was so scary. It was good for a horror uh, game. Yeah, I would yeah, never make she, it weird. You didn't, you didn't no, sound scared, Luke. No. It's, it's, <laughs> oh, um, oh, geez. What's happening? Oh, my God. Prepare for the drop. There's <laughs> uh, <laughs> a full PS Trophy Room joke for you. Uh, I will say uh, the modifiers can change those mutated enemies mm. pretty heavily. To armor them up in different ways, bigger explosions, uh, different AOE type effects there. I like them. One of the crazy things is that unlike in the Left 4 Dead, for Left 4 Dead veterans, you can have three, four, five, six mutation mutated enemies outside of your standard ridden, just chilling around you and, and just swarming you. And the difficulties, I think, need some more balancing because recruits too easy and veterans yeah. way too hard. Yeah. Uh, but there's a, some really cool scenarios where it's not just zombies in one big bad it's like four or five big bads Ooh. and you're having to do a lot of coordination it's a blast all right now let's finally get to the asterisks there's something here that nobody likes like it's literally the meme no. nobody like that <laughs> nobody let's talk about nobody. that progression and 
it's baffling if and this is this is a PSA to anyone that, that of your listeners that's checking it out on PlayStation, checking it out on Game Pass or Xbox uh, or PC. Um, if you are playing single player, every single card is unlocked for you. Whereas you so, so in multiplayer, you unlock cards and your decks are specific to campaign, specific to what they call swarm, but it's horde uh, PVE uh to pvp as well and then there's single player but in single player everything's unlocked already and you get no stat progression mm. no progression of any kind to, except through the story and no achievements or trophies mm. and that to me is just a baffling baffling choice sounds boring it, it, like i get why they would want to do that it incentivizes you to go play and match make with people so maybe servers won't get dead over time but sure even so that's just like maybe there's a time where I'm playing alone, you guys leave, but I I still want to play, and I I don't want to play with other people, and now right. my trophies are locked because of that. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It really doesn't, and I've been very frustrated because there have been plenty of times where I like to game in the morning when yeah. I wake up before work just to wake up and enjoy just some quiet time with my just hanging out. I would have loved to go on and go through an act or a couple checkpoints before work. But knowing that I progress not at all, that nothing is tracked, that there's no reason to do it, at least on the outward side. I do it. Um, yeah, I don't want. I don't want to do it because I enjoy my achievements. I enjoy my trophies. You know, I like that kind of stuff. And for that to be, for no reason that's I, that I can understand, locked out is just wild to me. I understand incentivizing people playing together. Yeah. But I do not understand locking single player content because how many players are going to be checking this out on various platforms? that just want to try it and see if it's cool with them. Mm-hmm. And how many tro- achievement hunters and trophy chasers uh, would go out there and, and want to, to gain some of this stuff, but they don't necessarily enjoy being with other people. Yeah. Clearly, Turtle Rock says this is not the game for you, if that's the case. And that, to me, is frustrating. And they have tweeted out that they are going to look at ways of fixing it. But for me, it's easy fix. You just turn on progression, yeah. Uh, allow the deck to carry over and and you let people earn achievements and trophies. Why not? Like these are fictional numbers that are important to the communities in the, that use them. Um, It's frustrating. Now there, there is one element to this multiplayer. That's fascinating to me. Go for it. And I'm not sure if you have seen it yet. When you first boot up multiplayer, you will get a, I would not call it a warning screen, but it's a warning screen uh, that tells you that when you are playing with other people, your voice is being monitored. They are monitoring and recording your voice as you play with other people. Now, you can mute, and in, in my understanding is that goes away. I, I played in Xbox Live parties, mm-hmm. and I muted my in-game chat. But they do that in an effort to ward off toxicity because this game is so uh, important when it comes to coordinating with your team. Right. I don't. I had mixed feelings about it. I saw several content creators that have dealt with a lot of toxicity in their lives um, by way of being minorities or vocal minorities, LGBTQ plus, and they were all in favor of it. And then I saw others who, who I don't know kind of if they fell into any category uh, of any kind that might be experiencing more hostility online that had mixed feelings. And I myself had mixed feelings at first. And I'm wondering if this is a point where this is a good thing, or this is an eyebrow raising thing. Um, I'm leaning towards it's a good thing because I don't want anybody suffering online, but I don't like the idea that just playing with randos that's I'm being recorded, but at the same time, like what a dumb thing to worry about in yeah. 2021 where everything records us. Yeah, absolutely. And people are tweeting out on a public forum. 
you know? Right. Yeah. And so, you. But, you know, we talk about asterisks. Right. That's one of them. To me, that's not a big red flag in any way. I'm still all in on Back for Blood. I don't mind that kind of so, stuff. So, yeah, my end question here is, how are you digging it? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Do you recommend it? Where do you stand? So when I first dove in, it was in the, the not early access phase, but, you know, the people that purchased deluxe yeah. or, or, or got review codes, whatever yeah, it was. Just brag about it um, a little bit more. It's fine. Well, I say that and bring it up because the people with the randos I played with were the nicest people on earth. Nice. Uh, we, it's crossplay, so we were playing with PC people, just n- sweet as can be. It was How like, oh, this is really cool. With PlayStation? I don't think so, Ooh, but I'm not sure. I do not know okay. that for sure. Please don't take that to heart. Um, yeah, yeah, find find that out. That'd be, that'd be great because I will say the idea that it has crossplay and playing with my buddies was an absolute blast. I cannot wait, Joe. Mm. For us to find some time and jump in with our full crew, our Sea of Thieves crew or whatnot, and just get back at it because it is such a good time. There are some incredible set pieces in here. The jukebox level everyone is talking about is really that fun. Um, Joe, you and I need to play this game yeah. together 100%. This, this is a game for us. Absolutely. Yeah. This is a game for us. Hey, maybe I'll be playing on PlayStation. You'll be playing on Xbox because guess what? Crossplay. It's a thing. You could do it. Is it a thing? Yeah. Fan freaking tastic mm-hmm. because that's that's how we both like playing yep. and why not yeah you know how many Fortnite matches how many other games have we played that's awesome please love that right. i don't want everybody to know that i socialize with you off the screen that much he does guys he's he's one of my best friends oh god <laughs> okay that's that, loosely i don't know this man all right so you recommend it <laughs> you like this game go mm-hmm. out there purchase it fang tastic Luke, I think if you like Left 4 Dead, it's a it's a must buy for you. And if you're squeamish, take one of the subscription services. Okay, sweet. Luke, where can people find you? Would love it if you guys would check out the Xbox expansion pass. Uh, over 100 episodes at this point, 40 plus guests. Really proud of that. Uh, you can find it on all your podcast services, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at Insipid Ghost. Oh, hot damn! That's right. So, and also, please check him out. It's literally the best Xbox podcast out there. Uh, there Thank I go. You. I said it, okay? One of Thank the best. <laughs> well, I'm saying that because he's here, but like in private, I'll be like, eh. All right, yeah, right. Luke, love you, buddy. Let's get back to the show. God, Back for Blood seems really great, Kyle, but Luke just sucks. He just, all the excitement out of the room, you know? I Luke's great. I'm not going to play into this. Looks great. <sighs> I'm happy you got to sit down and talk about uh, Black Back for Blood. Yeah. Um, sounds great. Little bum about the single player stuff, if I'm totally honest. Yeah, that really does hurt it for me. That's a it's a big bummer. Big bummer. That said, Kyle, you know what's not a big bummer? Well, maybe it could be. Some of the flash news we're talking about. Grand Theft Auto Remastered Collection is finally coming out, but... At what cost? Uh, I got this from Andy Robertson. Retailbase.com has announced that it has its first open pre-orders for the definitive edition collection of GTA, which includes the versions of the PS2 games GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas. And according 
to them, it's going to be sold at $70 on next-gen consoles. The PS4, Nintendo Switch, and Xbox One versions of the trilogy are listed at $60. Rockstar has yet to confirm the official pricing. GTA, the trilogy, the definitive edition, which is just an awful name, is set to release later this year with visual improvements and quote-unquote modern gameplay enhancements in all three of its included titles so kyle this is uh, all right news what what did you make i'm excited it's finally excited honestly yeah Yeah? um i i i've gone bad i don't know when the last time you've you've gone back to try to play some of these a minute it's been a minute um but i i want to say within the last two years i went back to just play vice city uh Mm -hmm. i have it as a ps2 classic on on ps4 at that point and I was shocked with shocked. how bad the driving is, and mm. everything felt awful. It felt oh, awful wow. to play, honestly. Um, okay. So the the fact that they're coming out and they're enhanced versions with modern uh, enhancements to it. If they can nail driving and 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 make it feel like modern day GTA in those settings, I'm not expecting full blown graphical GTA five versions of these games. Yeah. But if if they can just feel better to play, I'm all in. Yeah, like you give me like the Grand Theft Auto five or like the Red Dead type of like control scheme, which arguably hasn't really evolved much like that would be great because yeah there is i mean those games are i can only imagine rough to try to go back especially san andreas there's a part with the san francisco level where you had to fly that one plane and it was the most god awful thing in the world um so yeah i I mean these games are like my childhood so these are these are how i spend my weekend it's just playing (laughs) grand theft auto with friends and destroying the city so three questions or one question for you. Three different platinums or three yeah, three different platinums or one platinum? Uh I don't know. Rockstar is this is the first like Rockstar collection. Yeah. I think of the Mass Effect one and it's That's three, three different ones. platinums, yeah. right? I think technically I can see four. it being through Oh, because there's a because there's like a combined one, right? total, yeah. Yeah, I could see I could see it being individuals. Yeah, same. Same. And honestly, if that's the case, I will try my best to platinum uh, San Andreas and uh, Vice City for sure. Yeah. Kyle, there's a random six gigabyte returnal update. It has players hoping for six a save gigs. function. This comes from George Foster over at the Gamer Returnal has seemingly had a random six gigabyte update to the developer version of the game, causing players to think that DLC could be on the way. This discovery comes at a courtesy of PlayStation Game Size, a reliable leaker who has often had advanced knowledge of PlayStation update sizes, hidden uh, content on the system, and games being added to the store soon. As reported by VGC, PlayStation Game Size pointed out that the 6 gig update had been uploaded to Sony servers and seems to be specifically tied to a development version of Returnal. Upon spotting the update, they said that the new update released for Returnal beta dev version 5 plus month after launch, new update increased by 6 gigs, maybe a test or new feature. Kyle, does this mean we're finally getting a save function returnal? I 
hope so. I, it's wild to me to think that a save function would be six gigs, though. That's true. That is true. So do you think, but like, it's also then crazy for me to think that a six gigs would be some type of substantial DLC, though. Yeah. I mean, after platinuming that game, I don't know what kind of DLC it would tell. Yep. Like, I I feel like a, a brand new biome would be bigger than six gigs. I I don't know. Maybe it is just a bunch of just all those fixes quality that of life needed stuff to do yeah, yeah is is there's a lot that needed to be done so i've been getting the returnal itch again man i have too honestly i'm like i missed this game this game was freaking good yeah and like we often overthink how great that story was like returnal was something special so yeah i think a save function would very much help this game in the game of the year conversation yeah um mm-hmm. and some a small quality of life stuff here or there, but like Returnal is fantastic. So whatever DLC they maybe throw at us or some added, like an added biome or something, or maybe even like a new game plus, I don't know. Ooh. It would be much welcomed. It would be yeah. way welcomed. Even, even if it's just like, here's a couple new guns to play yeah. with. That'd be cool. Yeah. You know, it's Shock, also cool. by the way, oh, real yeah. quick before you get into the, the the next flash news, I think Housemark put out recently, like everyone's most used weapon. Yeah, and it was the the carbine, which is fu- it's oh, a good gun. It's great, it's but have the- you not experienced the Hollow Seeker? Yes, the Hollow <laughs> Seeker is <laughs> incredible, superior in every way. I every don't way. understand. Shoots a I lot of bullets understand. as well. More bullets in yeah. it. Has the oscillator thing that like. Sometimes yeah, you have portal turrets. Yeah. Like, why? Why? <laughs> what else do you need? Exactly. Here's the top five da- most downloaded games on the PlayStation Store in the month of September. In Europe, number one, downloaded game. Kina, Bridge of Spirits. Number two, NBA 2K22. Number three, Diablo 2, We Learn Nothing from Our Mistakes, Resurrected. Uh, number four, Deathloop. Number five, Ghost of Tsushima, Director's Cut. In the U.S. and Canada, NBA 2K22, Deathloop, Kina, Diablo 2, We're a Horrible Place to Work, Resurrected, and Madden NFL 22. Interesting. I mean, like, Kina, the only way you could get it right now is digital. Yes. even with that said, it beat NBA. That's awesome. Yeah, that is so great. So, huge shout out to Ember Labs. Seemingly... Great ROI on that one. That's a that's a good return on it. Yeah, congrats, Ember Lab. Well deserved. We love your game. It's amazing. It's fantastic. Could be game of the year. I still don't know. Don't know, man. Don't know. It's it's gonna be a rough one this year. A bloodbath. They say. Here's some somber news. Solar Ash has been delayed until December second, twenty twenty one. That's an indie game. I can't wait for it, but it might miss our game of the year stuff. So. Bit of a bummer. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, it's now out on a date, if I'm doing this correctly in my head. Okay. That it's the same backwards as it is forwards. 12 is there... 21. Is that not backwards the same thing? 12 yeah, 8 21. 12, no, it's December 2nd. Oh, is it? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I got Halo that mixed up somehow. Yeah, you're right. I got you. I got you. You're right. You're right. Uh, that said, Kyle, I do want, because, you know, this is the Trophy Room of PlayStation Podcast, uh, just to let everybody know it has been 2,029 days since the launch of Bloodborne. So. 
just it doesn't fit anywhere. There's no segue to that. I just wanted to make everybody know. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I hate this now. <laughs> Bloodborne, dear. Who cares? I'm gonna, Who cares? I'll hate it. No, I care. <laughs> hey, Kyle, are you holding on to something? Yes. Prepare the drop. Here are the latest steals and deals coming to the PlayStation storefront. This week... On the 11th of October, Subdivision Infinity DX comes out on PlayStation 4. On the 12th, we got Back 4 Blood on PS5 and PS4. We got Monster Crown on PS4. Tokyo Kronos on PSVR. On the 13th, we have Caddy and Batty, the spirit guide on PS5 and PS4. Kick and Bunny on PS4. Immortus Temporis. What a name! What what is this week? This is great. We got Quake for PS5, which is also a free update. Um, and then on October 15th, we have the Crisis Remastered Trilogy for PS4. Ooh, Crisis 2 is the best one. There's not even a debate there. That multiplayer is phenomenal. Uh, Demon Slayer, Kimatsu no Kiba, the Hinokami Chronicles. I feel like I did crush that. Close. Close. I I feel like I was no like yaiba. A, I think it's yaiba. No is yaiba. The word in the middle. I yeah. feel like I was someone's dad there. Like, you, like Absolutely. you remember that Olivia Rodrigo yes. thing I did earlier? That's what I did mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. PS5 and PS4. NHL 22 comes to PS5 and PS4 in the Good Life. I don't know why they added that voice on PS4. Those are the games you could be looking forward to. Again, I'm looking forward to Back for Blood and the Crisis Remastered. But that's just me, Kyle. It's time. To get into the Sony Pony Express. Yeah! Katie writes in. First off, welcome to the Discord. Welcome to the Patreon. Good evening. Uh, I finished up up till dawn until dawn this week, and I would like to know what are your thoughts on the game if you played it, of course, and maybe have a little spoiler discussion on how your playthroughs went and characters you enjoyed, etc. I don't want to go through spoilers, Katie. Listen, I've been attacked for just letting people know if a dog lives or dies. Okay? I've been attacked viciously. And I feel like I did nothing wrong. Like, spoiler alert, in Far Cry, a dog dies because I ran over it by accident. I just wanted you guys to know. Is that spoiling something? I don't know. It was by accident. It was crossing a road. And my horse... Bam, healed it right in the mouth. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Until Dawn is a game that I have not played, Kyle, because I'm a big old baby. I'm sorry, what? I'm, I haven't. I have a good story about it. I was going to buy it on PS4, but that was like when it just launched and it was like super rare because everybody was buying it. This is yeah. the middle of August. So I yeah. have not gotten to play Until Dawn. I think that is a game, not that I can stream it because streaming gives me anxiety, but I think I'm going to play that during Halloween. I think that's a spooky game yes. I'm going to jump on. Absolutely you should. Um, good. Or and everybody or will can... die. <laughs> or we could do something like I could stream it and you can give me your input if Ooh. that would be easier. I think I even think there there's like a mode where the group, the the audience can choose Ooh. or something like that, like a like an audience kind of play okay. thing. Okay. Um, Until Dawn's fantastic. Um, is it an easy plot or is it like a? There is there is some. Um, Save manipulation, I think you have to you can do okay. or multiple playthroughs or whatnot. 
uh it's really really good definitely an underrated gem on playstation it's a little bit of a bummer that supermassive hasn't hit the same highs that until dawn has um who knows to say house of ashes in a, a few weeks if that doesn't hit i don't know we'll see um until Dawn's great. Yeah. It's part of the PlayStation Plus collection. I was going to ask. Uh, if it is, yeah, I'll just hop in it. I believe it's part of that instant I think there's also on PlayStation Plus at a time, too, and I downloaded it. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's great. The performances are great. Some well-known actors. Rami like Malek is in it, right? Robbie, Rami Malek, yep. Yeah. Um, I was very meticulous. I didn't want anyone to die. Oh. Um, and I got pretty far. Mm-hmm. And then I got two Lex, Joe, Uh-oh. and one of my favorite characters, Ashley. Um, there was a stupid moment where I had her go investigate a noise. And I was like, oh, let me go check this over here. And uh, she died. Oh, and no. um, <laughs> man, my heart broke. I was so mad because I, I wanted to get the, the trophy for everyone survives. Yeah. And uh yeah, no, did not, <laughs> didn't happen, and I was very mad at myself. Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah. I, I want to have those memories, but again, there's always like the like jiggle your controller in a certain way, and they don't jiggle gotcha. it in a certain way, and it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alan on Twitter writes into us. Aside from the recognition that of the PlayStation brand and the remaining consumers who have yet to acquire PS5s due to the semiconductor shortage. What can you see Sony doing to appease those who can't afford or haven't found a PS5 yet and convince them it's worth it? Um, Also, Captain Logan actually asked a similar question. I have an answer for you, Alan and Captain Logan. There is actually right now, Sony is considering making a factory to help with the shortage. That's how that's how bad they want these out the door. They're willing to put a down payment on a factory and all the necessary equipment needed to just print out PS5s. So I think I think that's the route that they're going to take and shrink the PlayStation 5 and make a pro model. That's probably the way that they're going to go. Oh man, I don't know if I'm okay with a pro model so soon. Neither am I, but that's what smarter people on YouTube have been yelling yeah. at me about. I don't know. Uh, I I don't know what they can do for the people that can't afford a PS5. Honestly, afford it or buy a shrink gun, shrink shrink ray all the necessary materials. Smaller PS5s. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Here's a good one. Court Get a second job. That's old Sony. <laughs> <laughs> now new new Sony's like, hey man, loosen up the tie a little bit, but we're gonna charge you ten extra bucks. All right. Yeah. Court on Twitter. Uh, writes, what are the biggest question marks for Sony going into 2023? Question mark. Oh, boy. Honestly? We're time jumping. We're time jumping. Even skip 2022. We already know God of War is the game of the year or whatever. Yeah, 2023, yeah. the answer is A, Sony's in a great space IP-wise because Spider-Man's about to come out if yeah if it, everything lines up. Uh, but I think the biggest question for me, does Sony have their service? Is it PlayStation now revamped? That's, I think, the big question, because at that time, Sony will need an answer, not a quote-unquote like direct competition to Game Pass, but they, mm-hmm. they're going to need something or want something out by then. My, I think my biggest question mark would be, have they done enough to sell the gaming community 
why they need a PSVR two. Ooh. And, or and are there experiences that are going to be on PSVR two that are going to be a must, a like a must play experience? You have to play this. What a good one! Yeah, I, I, because I, I mean, we've seen bits and pieces of what it might include yeah. and whatnot, like that Moss two chapter yep. two. But like, when are we gonna see it? How yeah. much is it gonna be? And with Why games do we need being it? this cross between PS5 and like hybrid yeah. situation, yeah, what does that look like in VR? That's mm-hmm. such a great one, Kyle. Um, here's one. Maybe Root uh, writes. Not sure if this is too random or not. Nothing's too random on the show. You can ask me like what I had for lunch. I'll tell you. But has anyone heard any? It was a pe- peanut butter and jelly sandwich, which oh, I nice. make fantastic ones. Um, dare I say, I'll use a B word here, banger ones. Uh, any Whoa. rumors about a new <laughs> Splinter Cell game for PS5? Also, are you guys fans of Splinter Cell edited? Uh, okay. I wrote in the edited part. Okay. I'm not a Splinter Cell fan. I've never played a Splinter Cell game Same. in my life. But I have found in my old age, <laughs> getting I'm, I'm 30 now, um, that I like playing stealthy in games. Like Far Cry, I'm all about the pistol. I'm all about being James Bond. Like, Let me tell you, I definitely. just discovered a crossbow in Far Cry. I've never been more happy. Yeah. I'm like, it's just so, it's so good. So honestly, I want an excuse to go into the Splinter Cell universe, but Root. Oh, if it's anything like that Ghost Recon's uh, Battle Royale game, I want nothing of it. We should burn it with fire. Yuna writes I, in. Yeah, I have nothing to add to that. I don't know. I think Ubisoft just likes Sorry. playing around with the idea of Sam Fisher yeah. more than giving him his own game. Yeah. Yeah. Just we'll throw him in a Call yeah. of Duty spinoff here, a Battle Royale. His headset there. will be a collectible in Saints Row or something. Yeah. Or, no, that's not Ubisoft. <laughs> that's Never mind. Assassin's Creed. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. Uh, hey, guys. This is from uh, Yuna who writes in. So I started something new. With how I game where I have my story game, a game where I'm going through and not worrying about the achievements or trophies of a game yet. And then my cleanup game where I'm hunting down trophies or anything related to trophies. My question is, uh, is do you guys do something like I do or are you just a one to focus on the one game at a time just so you don't get confused? I focus on one game at a time. And I do something, sometimes I get in my own way where I do look at the trophy guide and go, okay, am I going to miss something here? Like, whenever there's, like, a big mm-hmm. choice, that's where I'm looking at a trophy guide. Yep. Um, when I'm about to finish the game and I know, like, I have one level left, I look at that trophy guide and go, okay, is there anything? It, you know, it's giving me a warning sign, so let me make sure. Sometimes I get in my own way there, but most of the times I'm like, I'm going to do one playthrough where it's just me and the game. And whatever happens, happens. That's how I do it. Kyle, what say you? I'm I'm definitely a focus on one game type of person. I wish I was like you, Yuna, and I could look at a game and not worry about achievements or trophies. I it's just not me. I have a problem. <laughs> I have to worry about yeah. the trophies. Unless it's something I'm super excited about and I just want to play for story purposes. I don't it's whatever. Mm-hmm. But like when I played Hades. I was like, that was one of the things where I played it, I enjoyed it, and then I looked at the trophy list. I'm like, okay, 
I could probably whittle away at this. Yeah. And then it just over-encompassed everything that I was doing. <laughs> and I played way too much that weekend and got the platinum. But, like, it's... Sometimes trophies are a curse. And I don't know how to stop it. Yeah. I have none. I have no way to stop it. Uh, other than just make sure you're platinuming the games you want to platinum. And not spending a nickel for peanut butter simulator, Kyle, to get the trophy, okay? Enough. Listen, if if those games were a nickel, that's exclusively the type of gamer I would be. (laughs) Clearwings XYZ writes, I have a question. Is there an old school PS game that you like to play whenever you can? Keep up the great work. I love the show. I love it too. Thank you, Clearwings. Thank you. Um, There isn't really anything. Like, to me, I, I always have a hard time going back to old games. Uh, that's why I love what Bluepoint does with resurrecting these old games, but then giving that polish, whether it's graphically fidel- fidelity-wise or control-wise, that I'm able to go back and enjoy it. Because, man, we did not understand cameras back in the no. fourth or even fifth generation well. So, yeah. The early PlayStation games were the... The dual shock wasn't a thing that was invented yet with the Analog 6. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Um... Old school PS game. I mean, like, I love going back and just replaying old Final Fantasies and with the intention of never finishing them. Just like being <laughs> in that world, yeah. hanging around with those characters, doing the battle system and whatnot. I can't tell you the amount of times I've started FF8 over and over and over again. It's easily in the 20, 30 times just to, nice. you know, just to hang out with those characters in that world. So I think that's kind of what I do with those old school games. Um, that's sad. That's a great question. Again, I, I really, I think when money looks a little better, I would love to go to like a retro game store and just buy an old PS one, buy an old PS two. Yes. And start collecting and really getting, getting those games there. Um, not stealing them Kotaku, but we'll get to you in a bit. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that, that I I really want to rebuild that classic. Cla- I I really that's what I would like to do. Not go back with the games, but like collect them. You know. Uh, shout yeah. out to you, Gexa Gecko. I, I need to play you one day. Oh yeah, Croc, the Legend of Gobos. Hell yeah. Let's do it. All right. Last question from Rick the Welsh one writes, not sure if I'm too late to the question party. You just made it, actually. As a PlayStation podcast host, but multi-platform gamers, are there ever weeks where you really want to just play a non-PlayStation game flat out, but have to pull yourself away to play games for the podcast? Does it ever start feeling like a job in that way? Uh, you can leave the next bit out of the question. I'm gonna, <laughs> hey, I'll keep it in. I'll keep it in, Rick. All right. I hear reviewers quite often stress about how many games are coming out this week. And I think, man, I'd like to stress out about having loads of games to play, but I know there's a whole heap more than that. It's a job. Love yeah, love to Oh, love to you as well. There you go. Thank you. Right back at you. Love you too, Rick. Uh, I don't let that really consume me. I'll, guys, when Halo comes out and we talk about what we've been playing that week, it's going to be Halo. When yeah. the week after that comes out, go to what have you been playing? It's Halo. The week after that, probably more Halo. The week after that, <laughs> probably some more Halo. I, I, yeah. yeah, I, I don't, I don't only just play PlayStation games just to like talk on the on the podcast. I'll play whatever. Yeah. Um, 
Like, my... spoiler alert, Luke played on an Xbox for that Back for Blood review, because he's uh-huh. disgusting. <laughs> yeah. uh, I the The thing that I worry about is, like, when we get these games early to mm-hmm. kind of just play so we can talk about it on the show, me not giving enough time to that game, and then playing it, talking about it that week, and then not going back to it. Yep. Um, so like great example would be a few months ago, we got a code for where the heart leads. Yeah. Uh, game. I really, really dug, I dug the story, but I played it for that hour or two to talk about on the show. And then I haven't gone back and it, it hurts because I love what I played. It just so many things get piled on and bigger games. And it's just like, it's hard to dig through to get back to it. Yes. And then by the time I get down there, another giant game comes out. Like yeah. that's it's, why it's that's what stresses me out. Yeah. And but, then when I go back and I do my comfort game, which is MLB the show, and just to play where I want to just zone out and just play a game for a little bit and not have to worry about anything, I feel bad for doing that. Mm. Like where I, I'm playing this, I should be playing other things. But like, yeah. I don't know. That's why I like what we've been doing on the trophy room as of late on the show (laughs) I say the third person where it's like hey you know for example Back for Blood not typically a game that I'm like super interested in I'll play it but you know I know a person that's playing it so let me get you on the show to talk about it so that you you know and you can make that smart uh, consumer purchase but for me as well the one thing that's great about this show is we don't hide that we're playing games elsewhere um, that we're very much open about it. We'll talk about a game we've been playing on PC or a game that's been, you know, playing playing on Xbox. Like, what for is it comes out? I'll play 45 minutes of it. I'll unlock that DeLorean. I'm going to have a swell 40 minutes. It's going to be great. And I'm undoubtedly going to be a great game. The image isn't blurry. It looks crisp and beautiful. Um, you know, we don't have to worry about that stuff because there's not, like, a company line that we're weirdly toting, which some centric podcasts do uh we just want to play games and talk about them and we just so happen that most of the games that we play on is on playstation where i prefer to play is on playstation yeah i look at my xbox and say it's a great machine game pass is great but at the end of the day it's my halo and gears machine and that's how i view it um and we'll talk about metroid dread in just a sec so yeah man i i also reviewing games are hard it, they yeah. really are. It, it's so much talent as a writer that I will mm-hmm. never have. And I respect so much the people that go like, out there and do it. Going back to like having things get buried and feeling bad for it. One of my favorite games ever made came mm. out last year. Mm. And it had an update in DLC, which I'm showing to the camera right now. <laughs> Final <laughs> Fantasy VII Remake Integrated. I have not played the DLC yet. I have mm-hmm. not seen what it looks like on PS5 yet. Uh, and it hurts my soul. You have seen the door, though. And I've seen the door. Okay, good. <laughs> I've seen the door. Uh, so, and, and I don't know what the answer to that is, because, like, for me personally, I get this is going to get real deep, uh, where, like, I am now not working, and I'm I'm focusing on applying to other jobs. And Which you've been doing great at, by the way. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I Fingers crossed. Um I sit here, I'm like, man, what a what a selfish thing to think about where yeah. I wish I had more time to play games where I'm not doing anything of importance. 
Yeah. And, and I'm I'm sitting at home. I have all the time. It's just I'm in my own head, and I'd rather feel sorry for myself and just watch YouTube all day, Fair. which is what ends up happening almost yeah, every single day. It's what happened to me too, man. <laughs> yeah, and then you start working, and you're wearing this collared shirt, and you forget to put yeah. on the trophy room shirt. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> the struggles of of life that we lead these college shirts all right the last bit is called what you've been playing and since we talked a lot about back for blood we won't spend too much time here but nakajaka writes in in addition to the achievement hall we can we add a new section to the podcast called the nintendo basement or something this way you guys can go in detail how freaking awesome metroid <laughs> dread is on the vita 2 all right, now here it is. We're introducing petition petition for it to be called the Nintendo Crawl Space. I was gonna call it the Nintendo Nook. Ooh, oh, okay. Yeah, but does Tom Nook get commission? Probably he's using a billionaire. His name? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, introducing a Nintendo show <laughs> inside of a PlayStation podcast, the Nintendo Nook, where Nintendo uses the yellow pages to hide the bruises. I'm your host, Joseph. Awada's amazing. Miyamoto's never done anything wrong. Alongside me, my... Arms is a successful franchise. <laughs> Arms was great. <laughs> and it's it not just cardboard. It. It's VR. Yeah. Nintendo well, Lama. was amazing. <laughs> Here's your Wii U game we're selling to you for 60 bucks again. You take it and you like it. <laughs> we have fun here. <laughs> we're sell by sell by dates is a thing that we stand for. That's right. <laughs> if you don't Mario. have it before March 31st, too bad. Yeah. <laughs> you should have been a riff. <laughs> I like this bit where it's just Nintendo, but just yelling angrily. So I bought Metroid Dread. I also bought it. I have not played it yet. I'm a sucker. You know, I made fun of all these Nintendorks because I'm like, oh, Uh who's going to buy this console? It's this OLED whatever. Yeah, who did? Kyle, GameStop had a trade-in of $260 for your old Switch. Whoa. And then, with like, $160 for the Switch Lite. So it's like, uh-huh. how could you Why not? Why not? Yeah. yeah. And I did. It's a beautiful-looking Vita, way larger in person. Um, but it makes me miss the Vita, because I still think the Vita screen was better, because it was smaller. And I'm going to say something here right now, very controversial, and Jiminy's going to agree. Way more. You hear Jiminy? Is he back? I do. Yeah, he's back. Just just for this oh, segment, he's a, he's a Nintendo dork. So <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Nintendo. We love you. So no, Jiminy, um, Jiminy, and I we were together and we noticed that the Vita way more comfortable to hold. You don't need grips on it. It's great. All it needed was the L two R two. That being yeah. said, awesome upgrade. If you're a, a like a handheld user like I am for the Switch, this is it. Go for it. Get it. It's a great excuse. Metroid Dread Kyle, I'm going to now be a representative of the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast. When I declare Metroid is now officially a PlayStation game and series. Uh, I will pass that motion. You're passing it? No, like I oh, like I will. Yeah, I agree. Oh, okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll gladly take Metroid. Right. 
I thought you were going to Joe Manchin me for a second. I'm like, Jesus, come on. No. Could, while playing it, I was like, you know what? You know who would be who would make a really good fit? Housemark. Give them the Metroid IP. Make it 2D. I don't care. That would be so dope to me. Well, they had their version. What was it? Matterfall? Matterfall, I think. Which but I, I, ne- never I did played not it. play. Yeah, exactly. Play it, but. So this gives me an excuse to play Matterfall. And honestly, this is a great little game, man. This is this is something really cool. I've never played Metroid, and also I bought it because I'm an adult, um, and I want to respect the developers and the people that made it. I didn't yeah. emulate it on PC, Kotaku. Nope. Which, that's going to be on a post-show. Kotaku, you're dumpster fire. Anyway, bought it because I care about the people making the game and the franchise that's on the brink. Um, and Jiminy in the back. <laughs> and... Um, it's the least Nintendo game I've ever experienced, Kyle. Like, real talk, it is, it is like, way more violent than, like, I would expect a Nintendo property to be. It is way more, like, difficult. It doesn't hold your hand in the slightest. And it's got some, like, dark overtones as well. Now, there's some, like, like the Chozo, which are, like, the enemies in the game, or, like, the secret, or, like, once ancient enemy which is kind of weird and some art styles reminiscent to nintendo but like this is this is something else and i really dig it i love the bosses the boss fights are fantastic and the emmy which are like the robots that are chasing you are also absolutely terrifying it gives you like that resident evil vibe when you know like mr x is chasing you in the back oh my god the, when the, and there's different ones. So like, there's like an Emmy that'll see through your radar. There's an Emmy that'll that's like super fast. It goes into all the vents. Like, they're terrifying, and you're going to die a lot to them. But honestly, the only thing that I have a problem with with this game is the map. Other than that, this is a fantastic action platform. I couldn't recommend it enough. I yeah I, I it's great to hear mm-hmm. I've also never played a Metroid game and this I want to make it the first one yeah um, besides Super Metroid I know that's also available through Nintendo Online I plan on playing that at some point because um, I love Metroidvania games yeah I, I I love the the pedigree of what Metroid has started and many developers took that and put it into their own things so like I know I'm going to love it. Yeah. Um, it's just some again, me being here at home, I don't want to play it. I don't want to play my Switch. Yeah, fair. I, I, I get to play I, it I don't on know my what break. it is. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. don't know why that is, but I'd rather play on my PlayStation 5 currently. Um, that's awesome to, to hear. Is the map just too small, too hard to read? Too hard to read. It's massive uh, and it gives you no direction on where to go. Ah, okay. Yeah. That's a bit of a bummer. It is, but everything else is like stellar. Like the combat's great. The platforming's great. You know, Sweet. everything about it's uh, great except the map. Well, uh, you're uh, everyone listening out there. This is now Kyle from the Truff Room, not the Nintendo Nook. Uh-huh. Um, daily reminder go play Fist if you want a Metroid. God, so good. Metroid game on your PlayStation. Uh, Fist is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so please. Go get fist. Have you also map kind of no, no, very okay. far. Uh, also a game whose map is a little small and mm. doesn't read very well, but it, it's Metroid vibes, yeah, to the T. A lot of people are like, Well, that's just like cast, like Castlevania or Metroidvania style games, they're just like that. And I'm like, But like, 
do they need to be? <laughs> just a little tiny arrow saying the the, the direction. Yeah, uh, just, would a, be just great. a direction. Just like yeah. a go to section B. You know, that's yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Anything yeah, yeah, yeah. else, Kyle, that, that you've been playing? Uh, yeah, I've dove into uh, Far Cry 6. How you I, have not, I didn't get to play it before the last episode. Yeah. Um, it's more Far Cry. I don't know how I feel about it yet. Could you do this shit anymore or are you done? You just can't. I'm quoting Waypoint because they're being entitled. They're like, we can't do this shit anymore. About the Far Cry formula? About just playing Far Cry 6. They couldn't do it. Oh, I didn't Imagine going to your boss and saying, hey, remember the task you gave me that you paid me for? Yeah, Yeah. I'm not doing it. Oh, okay. That was them. Odd. Uh, No, I'm having fun with it. I chose violence today, Kyle. You definitely did. (laughs) I should... Send the voice mod over to you so you can do the evil voice. Yeah. Um, I I'm having fun with it. I love okay. Danny as a character. Right. Uh, definitely went with the female version as well. Um, I think the guns feel great. I driving like I mentioned, like Ubisoft just hasn't nailed driving in anything. Yeah. I feel like it's yeah. very weird. And there's a lot on the map, but it's not making me. It's not over stressing me. Okay. Because I looked at the trophies. I don't have to get all those. No. Yeah. It's like do most of this or try this out, which Which is great. I appreciate that because, yeah, there is so many chests to find, which will either give you the resources or like new guns or whatnot. And on the point with the guns, I haven't switched from like the basic guns, really. Mm. Um, I just have a really good uh, muzzle on one and I use it stealthily and pick people off and I'm getting very good at, at sniping people with not even a sniper rifle, but like a single shot rifle. Yeah, I uh, use that. Very the early M14. on. Yeah, yeah, you use yeah. the same one. I use that most of the game as well. I was like, yeah, oh, just just picking them off with the with the, the mm-hmm. silencer on it. And it feels good every it's time. Nice. Nothing feels better in this game than sniping a uh enemy on horseback as they're riding by and you're just tra- tracking track boom and you knock them out like it feels good yeah um ai is real dumb real dumb, dumb, uh, on, dumb both sides, yeah. on both sides on both not just enemy there was a moment where i went to um the monteros so i finally reached the monteros who you try to get as allies and i'm following this npc to the base after you find her and she stops right outside where we have to go and doesn't get off the horse and I can't continue yep. the mission. Yep. So I had to restart the whole thing or reload the autosave and do that whole trek again. So it's a little iffy here and there. But at the end of the day, if you like Far Cry, you like open world shooters, it feels great. It's fun. Definitely check it out. Nice. Um, yeah. I'm still, having a blast. Still hanging my hat. Mm. And I'm thinking, don't don't say anything if I'm right or wrong. Potential spoilers. I the feel theory. like the kid. I feel like the kid is still Voss. I think Far Cry Six is a prequel to Three, and that's it. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, I, what I will say is Far Cry Six way better ending than Five. I'll tell you that. Way oh, better. okay, sweet. Yeah, Five's ending's an abomination. I should have mentioned that last week's episode. But la- yeah. And would it did, i was not expecting to get taken out of the game so much mm. when it did switch to third person 
mm. during the camp setting when yeah. you're no longer in first person and then I actually you feel like that's just see not your needed. Danny. Yeah. No, not at all. Like, wait, what just happens? Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a little weird. But yeah, I, I love it. I'm finding some more zany stuff like uh like Ains our good pal said, Hey, there's like this hover car that was like it's it's like oh. a, a buggy that you could drive. It has really good handling, and then you just press like uh, cross or not cross. You press triangle, and you just start flying like that. Oh, yeah, sweet. it's really awesome. So, yeah, I'm I'm really digging it. I'm getting lost in it. I really want to platinum it. There's three or four co-op uh, missions that we need to do to get those trophies. But once we do, I think we got like literally all the hard stuff out of the way. Sweet. Right. Yeah. That's it, Kyle. That's been the trophy room. A PlayStation hey. podcast this week. This was a great episode. Great episode, you know, and a great, great introduction to the Nintendo Nook where we yell at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness gracious, Kyle! Is there anything else you'd like to spotlight before we get on out of here? Absolutely, you can follow me. Oh over no, on no, 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 no! <laughs> you didn't like the chipmunk? You didn't like, okay. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. KSEP as well as on PlayStation and on Xbox. You can follow all the indie game coverage I do over at 61indie.com. That's S I X O N E I N D I E.com. And uh, I love you very much. Stay safe, get vaccinated, and uh, don't emulate a brand new game that just released. Don't do that. It's like the least you can do. Yeah. <laughs> like literally the least. And maybe own up when you make that mistake, you know? Yeah. Maybe I mean, just own up to it. Maybe we'll get into the post down. show. We'll, we'll get into the post show. There's many reasons why it's okay. I, I feel like this one is yeah. not okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're definitely, yeah. I, definitely. Like if a dev or, or publisher isn't supporting that game anymore, it's like from the 90s, all that, go for it. But like, or, you know, I'm not endorsing it. Well, whatever. <laughs> okay, we'll get into the post show for patrons. You can find me over at Mr. Babbitt. You can find this show over at PS Trophy Room on Twitter. And if you like us so, so very much, you can rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. It really does help us out. We are now on the road to 300, which is something crazy I never thought I'd say. So really does mean a lot and does help us out a ton. Uh, and with all that said, with all that out of the way, you can find this show over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you find your podcast service of choice and on YouTube. So with all that said, with all that out of the way, everybody, keep your wits about you, keep hunting, and keep playing PlayStation. See you guys. <laughs>